everyone and welcome to this newest episode of Double DM. Welcome to the pre-show. As always, before we start today's episode with the recap and after that the topic discussion for home bases today, I have some quick announcements for you guys. First of all, why your world matters as always and you know it, it will be out soon. That's all I can say. It's taken a lot longer than I have expected it to take, but that's due to some unforeseen circumstances that I don't want to get into here. Just remember, it will be out soon. I just have to really just make the promotion material now, which is important for this. So hang in there, it will be out soon. As for Titan's Call, we will talk about that also in the recap. You will hear after the intro now. But the recording is on Tuesday. On Tuesday, the 8th of March, two, two days from now. And I'm pretty freaking excited for it. Obviously, there will still be a lot of time before you actually hear the show. But if you have any questions regarding Titan Call's world character, story, whatever, hit us up on Twitter. We will always answer questions for it. And if we can't answer it because it would be a spoiler, we will tell you so, that that question is actually relevant. So is there anything else I can tell you guys? Obviously, yes. If you've listened to this show before, please hit a few buttons and please give us a five star rating or review wherever you listen to this because it really helps the show. Tell a friend. If you have a friend who is especially new to DMing and has some questions, you can refer them to us. We would gladly have that one of our episodes helps them DMing because that's the main goal of this whole show. If we help someone DMing, it's all worth it. It's all been worth it. But okay, now please enjoy the episode about home bases. Hello and welcome back to Double DM episode 57. With me, as usual, is my lovely co-host Emil. How are you today? I am doing fine, as always. Every time we record these, I'm doing fine because it's a pleasure to be here with you, a pleasure to record this. and a I can just give this back. There's nothing much more I can add to that beautifully said. So, how was your week? It was pretty uneventful. It was a week filled with boringness. <laughs> no, it's been pretty chill now that university and all exams are over and I have to start working again, which is a little more chill than doing exams or university in general. So it's pretty easy right now and I'm enjoying it so far. I've been taking a lot of time this week to just play video games and have fun just and going to sleep way too late, obviously. But that's just that's part of the deal, kind of. Th that's apparently what I do. I've kind of earned the repetition among online friends that I never go to sleep, which is, well, yes, I don't go to sleep because I go to sleep at 3 a.m. and my buddy says, oh, sun is out, let's wake up at 8 a.m. again. That's enough sleep for me and I don't know. I hate it, but it's still this way, so <laughs> I live with that. <laughs> so you had an exam this week, yesterday even, as time of recording. Exactly. So how was that? It was actually pretty great. It felt great because I 
could answer everything basically with the exception of one or two questions but those were like only two or three percent of the points as a whole so mm -hmm. and yeah now i'm free again because this thing was looming over my head for the last couple of months mm -hmm. the last one and a half i was scared shitless exceptionally so in the last week before that but now mm -hmm. i'm feeling great oh, at least perfect. until i get the results let's wait those out <laughs> <laughs> but i'm having good feelings about those yeah th that's great honestly i'm it's, it's not one of those type of examples where you were like okay yeah cool i'm cruising through this and at the end of it i'm like hmm maybe i it's been too easy something's up yeah it, it wasn't <laughs> something like suspicious. this it, it was mm -hmm. easy, but not so easy that I thought, hmm, that's a little too easy for my taste. It was easy mm -hmm. enough that I could answer everything, but I only had one or two seconds left every time I finished the, uh, the part of the exam. Mm -hmm. So I think I did good. <laughs> At least <laughs> good enough to pass. And that's the only scoring we get because it was a six hour exam in four parts, which is 10% of the whole of, of my whole bachelor, 10% of the whole bachelor. Wait, that single exam. Yeah. Is 10% of your whole bachelor's degree. 18 LP, yeah. Okay, well, okay, yeah, true. But, like, there's nothing else to that exam that than that exam. Exactly. So it's not it's not a course that's 18 LP, it's an exam that's 18 LP. Basically, it's um the biggest part of the first semester. Mm -hmm. And this course is confined to the first semester. And you need this to unlock every other courses you might be able to join or want to join. Well, that's fucking bullshit. You bet your fucking ass it is. And yeah, that's why it was looming over my head for so long. But now I'm done. Okay. And you yeah. passed so you can access every other course now and exactly. get it all done. Perfect. Yeah. So you didn't have any sessions at the time you were studying, but you have sessions coming up, I've heard. Exactly. Multiple actually so please talk to me first about first of all about your wizards of the coast game not the company but the group yeah Th there is a session coming up this sunday when this episode releases mm -hmm. and they finally arrived in the last session way before way before they arrived in the town where they were supposed to arrive and now they yeah they arrived there where they were supposed to be <laughs> so they exactly. are now there and that's and, where they are yeah and it took them two or three sessions of traveling but there were fun travel sessions in there because a lot of rope play and character development and stuff like that all that good stuff and now they arrived at a mining town where they are now supposed to uncover some information about a long lost tomb of some sort of ancient king mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. known as the ember king the ember okay yeah okay. and they got a tip about that from one of their characters backstory npcs about this mm. which sort of connects to the thesis one of the wizards is writing for their academy as a finishing project mm -hmm. kind of so yeah that's the state of it now the last session we stopped the last session when they were right in front of the entrance of the tomb mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah let's see where this is going Okay, okay, okay. And you have also another campaign you're a player in coming up. Yeah. That's starting at some point. That's a Curse of Strahd game, correct? Yes, it is. And I'm excited to see where this is going because we made characters without knowing what others might play. Okay. And you have to understand, for my group, that's the normal case because we always are like, I hate if anyone doesn't play what they want. Yeah. Because they see, oh, fuck, our group is missing utility 
utility casting. I gonna play a bard or a wizard, but they actually wanted to play a cleric. Okay, well, the cleric is also utility. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. I always go, yes, you can talk about your characters with each other, obviously, if you want. We will talk about that in session zero too. But I hate it if someone says, well, okay, if you play that, then I'm gonna play this, even though I wanted to play that because we need that. Because then I'm like, no, you don't. If you don't have a healer, then there will be more healing potions available. So no one is forced to play the healer. Exactly. Yeah. And I decided to play a fighter again. Mm -hmm. Or at least the dice decided because I couldn't. Oh, you did roll. Yeah. I rolled on the class and I got fighter and chose the rune knight. Hmm. Okay. At least something interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, I really love fighters. Someone on, on Twitter the other day made a beautiful take on fighters. They were like, well, wizards are the mint chocolate chip ice cream of classes, uh, while fighters are the vanilla. Everyone likes them. And you can mix and match them with everything. Yeah. Want sprinkles on there? Go ahead. But sprinkles don't work on this type of ice cream or this type of ice cream. So fighters are versatile in that they are such a baseline that is perfect to play. Yeah. It doesn't you mean can... they're basic. It doesn't mean that they're boring. It means that they don't have a lot of flavor on their own. But that just means that you can give them all the flavor you want. Yeah, they're very customizable in the way you want to play them mm -hmm. because it is such a baseline mm -hmm. because you can go in every sort of direction with it you just have a basic set of um moves or things you can do but where you want to put them or how did you get them or whatever is up to you mm -hmm. yeah and that that's what i like about fighters a lot mm -hmm. and yeah we kind of not really homebrewed but reskinned a great sword that i now have a big fucking shovel where i can uh, with serrated and sharp edges counting as a greatsword but just looking like a shovel and yeah gonna slap some vampires with it at least trying to i'm your worst nightmare i'm a grave you duck your own yeah <laughs> yeah i am the grave and i duck you <laughs> What's their name of your fighter? Let me look this up because... Please it let was... it be Yorick Mori. <laughs> I, I thought of that, but um, no, it's just, it is Gabavianu. Okay. Yeah, nothing nothing meme about the name, I think. Yeah, but Yorick also isn't a meme name. Yeah, it isn't, but everyone knows where this is coming from at the table, so mm -hmm. I didn't want to go in that direction. But in my head, it is Yorick. Uh -huh. yeah. Okay. And this campaign is about to start, I think, next next tuesday evening or wednesday evening something around that mm -hmm. yeah okay okay sounds interesting sounds interesting then i have another session coming up where i'm a player in or another campaign where i'm playing an archaeologist sort of character mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm very interested in that. It's the first campaign of one of my friends, first time DM. And yeah, let's see where this is going. Excited. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You got some good action going on in the next few months or yeah. weeks. Oh, well, shall, I rem shall I remind you of something? Please, go ahead. Do you remember... <laughs> The game you invited me to. Yeah, okay. I do. Okay, I perfect. Still have to okay, think perfect. about those okay, okay. session zeros. Okay, and... okay, okay, perfect. I, I just wanted to see if you forgot. No. Or if, you, if you're still planning. Okay. I'm still oh, planning, okay, good. but I have so, to think about what I want to do there. We also are very, very close. <laughs> I mean, half a week only from the first recording session of Titan's Call. Yeah. 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 
Ich ja. sie hauen jetzt in front of his webcam. I've never seen a move so much while we're recording. And I hate him for it because I have to edit the sounds he made, but I also love it when I'm seeing. Sorry, not sorry, but I'm just too excited for this. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. It will be awesome. It will be. It fucking will be. I have everything done. I am so ready to dive into this on Tuesday. I'm Hell so, yeah. so freaking ready. Hell yeah. Because I think I've never anticipated a campaign this much. Not even because we're producing it as a podcast. Not even because of that. I, I, I kind of don't care that it's a podcast. Obviously, it's a show and obviously I'm, I'm running it. So I obviously watch out that it's a re actual show and not just, oh, we play as a group of friends, blah, blah, blah. But just generally, because I'm so excited to dive into this story or this hook, this adventure we all have in our heads. From what I know about the world, it seems pretty interesting. And with lots of beautiful, weird, horrific, gruesome, fun, lovely interactions with all sorts of NPCs and characters, <laughs> I'm digging it. And the premise we set ourselves for this campaign is just highly exciting, at least yeah. for me. Yeah, 100%. I agree so much. And I can't wait to finally play. But not now, because now we will dive into our episode for today, which is about home bases. We will see you all after a short break. If you enjoy what you are hearing, why not throw us a follow on our social media platforms? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DoubleDMPod. And while you are listening here, why not give us a rating and review on iTunes or just a rating on Spotify. If you have a product, project and or show you wish to advertise, you can hit up DoubleDM using Twitter private messages to buy cheap ad slots like this one right here in our show. And with that, welcome back to the episode. Now we talk about home bases. So, Emil, the usual question at first. What is a home base? Uh, I love Tell this us. question for every topic we have because it already gives so many great points and ideas to me, you, and hopefully also the listener if they either only just listen to us or also try to think about it themselves, right? Yeah. You don't have to, people. But if you want to, why not try to go through the questions yourself and then listen to our answers? So what is a home base? So first of all, the wording of home base ha obviously has two words in it, home and base. That isn't really any major confusion for anyone, I hope. But obviously, when we talk about home, it's a place of comfort. It's a place of security. It's a place of warmth, of safety of relaxation as well so those things are implied when we say home base but base secondly when we think about a base in the location meaning of the word it's a military base so somewhere where someone can base their operations out of a place that is equipped for whatever really one thing about home bases for me is they're a place the players can call home they're a place where the players can return to And they're a place where the players can relax from their danger and adventures. Oh yeah, definitely. So a home base is a place you give to your players or your players have that they call home, that they call theirs. Exactly. That It's not a tavern, but it provides a lot of the same things as a tavern without pay and often more control for the players. It's a house, a castle, a mage tower, could even be a ship, anything where your players can and will often frequent and spend the time, spend time between adventures or in adventures. Yeah, it's just a point your players go too often. Could even be a whole city or a whole town, village, 
anything like that really then let's talk about that a little more what types of home bases there are because i think this is a important point to spread out further questioning to say the least because whatever the home base can do or wants to do depends on the type of home base your player got yeah i mean there's a diff there's a big thing in functionality of the home base and what types of home bases there are exactly for example the first one that i think has been done to death not to say that if you do this you're your campaign or your game is boring at all but it's the one i see most often it's a castle or a fort or anything that is a fortified base for your players to live in yeah that's like top one every second campaign does that and that's fine because it's cool to have a fortified base because it allows you to have very cool big place for your players to live in and to do things yeah it's like the classic you start in a tavern it's a classic for a reason yeah it's a classic so what are others Niels? yeah i i kind of put them in to three different categories basically mm -hmm. there would be the stationary the portable and the moving home bases mm -hmm. first of all the stationary is obviously like you mentioned the key or the fort or a castle or whatever some sort of fortified place mm -hmm. it could be just a camp with some wooden walls around it but some sort of fortified position to say mm -hmm. the least then obviously the normal houses in a city i always like because it promotes some sort of pc npc relationship building between your neighbors and the pcs if they want mm -hmm. to yeah and in general buildings to say the least like mm -hmm. you could own a tavern with your personal mm -hmm. rooms beside them yeah to intersect there i wouldn't say npc relationship but i would call the point connectivity yeah exactly. because if you have a house in a city or a town or a village even there's a connection there to the people around you but for example if you're in a city you also have a connection to shops to other facilities like an academy or a library or a temple or an arena or whatever really where you can go and that promotes your players using these facilities for their game oh yeah it just gives them options yeah to use and then coming to the second category would be the portable things mm -hmm. like a pocket dimension in some sort of magical item like you have your small little pocket dimension like a in a small little cork bottle mm -hmm. which you can open enter and you're more or less safe from the environment outside of the bottle because mm -hmm. inside you have a small floating island in nothingness which you can decorate or whatever you want with it or obviously spells could be a the magnificent mansion for example in dnd exactly or just even a ship i would put this into the moving category oh okay yeah i would have put those into the same category portable and moving i think a ship is yeah it could be portable but i think i would put them into different categories because moving your home base or with your home base is something else than picking up your home base yeah i know what you mean and i get it but i just don't see there a big difference in functionality for these home bases because the main functionality with these home bases is that they are able to move for yeah. both. That's the main functionality for both. Exactly. But yes, I agree. Moving could be more of a trait than... It's not that we try to now classify everything but because we can't. But for example, a ship is more or less a fortified portable home base. Exactly. The outside appearance that differs. Yeah. Because a ship will have a larger or bigger impact on those around them than a small bottle would have obviously coming into port with a freaking man of war a line ship is something else than just on a fishing boat with a small little bottle in your hand it just sends a different type of message or it could send a different type of message yeah the, those would be the big things that i would be categorizing in but ships obviously in the yeah. moving thing but there also could be some sort of wagon something yeah. on a way smaller scale but still functioning basically the same as a home base yeah i would say you have a home base in your game 
as soon as your players have a place, they as a group collectively can call home. And I think one major functionality for a home base is safety and relaxation. Those two things kind of. Oh, yeah. Because if a base can provide the players with safety, they will feel relaxed. They won't feel as on edge as they are when they are in the woods or in the plane of fire or wherever, right? Because they are safe. Obviously, you as a DM can play with that. I'm not saying you should, because that depends on your game and how the game works and how you want to do it. But the players having a feeling of safety and a feeling of relaxation here, that is something you can play with. So yeah, I believe that anything can be a home base if your players feel like it is one. Exactly. But there is a difference in what home base it is and how it's being used you don't have to ask yourself the question do my players have a home base it's more of a how do they use the places they are if your players own a tavern but never return to that tavern it's not really a home base yeah it's something they like to frequent often it's like the place they like to come back to what i mean is the fact of owning the place doesn't make it a home base exactly the fact of your players frequenting that place and feeling safe there that's what makes it a home base and that's why in every game there could be a home base right it's then depends on how much you as the dm and you guys as a table want to work with that you could say well yeah you just go there and boom spend the night and go again or you could say well yes this is a home base now uh, you can invest in it and you can make up your all your rules and systems for it but you theoretically don't have to but the fact of where your players go often where the characters feel they're safe and where they can relax and where they like to be that could be a home base if they own it or not isn't really the point. Exactly. For example, my players, my fans of Chaos game, frequent a town or a capital city named Zonda. And there's a, a, a tavern in that place called the Dancing Unicorn, which is the only tavern they go to. So for now, the Dancing Unicorn in Zonda could be considered their home base because they always go there when they can. Because it's a place where they feel safe and cared for, really. Mm -hmm. So I would consider the Dancing Unicorn a home base. They don't own the place. They only know the actual owner. Yeah, and, and that, that's another thing. Home bases can shift. It doesn't always have to be the same one. Yeah. You could start off with a small ship, for example, but then settle to a other town or village and mm -hmm. have a house there. And this could be your home base as well, but it doesn't have to be. And then mm -hmm. it maybe switches again back to the ship if you travel a lot more. And players can have multiple home bases at the same time, but not active, you could say. Yeah, the only thing that defines a home base really is the home part of it, in my opinion. Exactly. And do your players have a home? Yes or no? That's the question you need to ask yourself. And if you answer yes, you also know which place. And that's the home base. And that's it. <laughs> That's exactly. home bases, everyone. And now, uh, okay, <laughs> thanks for listening. Obviously not. So we, we talked about what is a home base and uh, what types of home bases there are. And I think we have a good understanding of what a home base is. But Niels, I need to ask you, why would you, you Niels, give your players a home base? Why? Because my players enjoy it and I think they deserve it. They not always deserve it. We need we need to talk about the times where they don't deserve it. Please if go. They, if they burn the whole fucking town down, they won't get a house in there. Except they build one and now they rule the town. But different thing. But getting... A yeah, home okay. base rewarded to them isn't really a good thing to do when they just burned the whole fucking town to the ground. Mm -hmm. At least not from they the mayor. They, exactly. But that that's a whole different kind of thing. That's a whole different book to open. And pu punishing players and stuff like that and laws and blah, blah, blah. That's a whole different book to open. Yeah. We can go into it or, or we should go into it, into it, but not today. 
Not today. Exactly. But it's just a lot of fun to see what players do with the plays that you give them. It's just a fun way to use the downtimes at some point in your campaign, if you have downtime, to see what they want mm -hmm. to do. Gives them, it promotes creativity, mm -hmm. at least to some degree. Yeah, I would agree with that. But the thing with rewarding home bases is, first of all, I think home bases are a good reward if your players enjoy them, because telling your players, okay, here's the castle, have fun with it, when they do not enjoy that part of TTRPGs, the base building, managing, or even owning the place part, and just want to get to the next dungeon to slay monsters, then you also shouldn't give them one, because it's a really, really big reward, and then doesn't even feel like a reward in the end. But if you give your players one, I believe, or what I did at least, is the session I gave my players a home base in our game, a small house in Waterdeep, I said we will talk about this later. We will talk mm -hmm. about the home base later. It was run down and old, but they now owned it. I just said we will put that off for later because we haven't talked about this together at all, as players, as a table. So, and then after that, I talked to my players. Hey, now you have a home base. What do you do with it? How do you want to approach this? Because there are, my opinion, several ways you can do this. For example, you could just say, well, yeah, we own the place, but that's all we really do with it. We are there to sleep. We cut down on tavern costs, mm -hmm. right? Okay, you can also really, really use the house for something. You can rebuild it. You can repurpose purpose it for something you want you can make it look like something you really want to live in but still only on the role-playing side or on the non-mechanical side of things for example the wizard wanted a tower foot on that spot of land they had the forge cleric wanted to build a forge in the basement the monk and fighter wanted a training room the half-orc sorcerer wanted a barn for the animals they had and everyone kind of wanted a garden in that house mm. that is more or less just appearance of the house that's yeah. flavor text but there is also, for example, the forge allows you to craft items there. Mm -hmm. So it, there's also a mechanical side to home bases that allows you to do this cool thing called crafting, called foraging. In the garden, they could have made their own potions with, or they could have made their own ingredients for potions. So they had a lot of possibilities. And I think if you give your players a home base, you really need to let them figure out how they or how you as a table want to approach this. Because sometimes the system system you're using doesn't have rules for what you're doing for the space building stuff. D&D doesn't really have those rules. No officials. No official rules, at least. I wouldn't say that. I think there's something in the DMG even. But again, there's small things. Yeah. But it isn't really anything big. There isn't a system behind it. So you can't use a system behind it. So you probably will have to make up your own or at least take something from somewhere else. And looking at how your players want to game this out or play this out or deal with this sort of thing is key. Because in the game, the story in the world, the place is theirs. So they can do whatever the fuck they want with it. Yeah. That also needs to be true for what the table wants to do with this shit. Exactly. The, the table needs to be in sync of how to approach this home base. That's why I, when I decide to give my players a home base to reward them one, I usually do it at the end of a session so we can have a small talk about how this is going to work and stuff right after the session. Mm -hmm. And then until the next session, they all have collectively some time to think about what they want to do individually and as a group as a whole. Mm -hmm. For my games, it's usually around four weeks or one month. So they have a lot of time to think about 
weird shit they want to do, cool shit they want to do, or just basic visual remodeling mm. or something. But there are some things they need to think about. Mm. And that's why I usually end the set or try to time it where I would usually end the session and then give out the reward of a home base. Yeah, that's totally true, right? But the, what I'm saying, what I, what I said before is, right, I handed it out at the middle of the session, so you can do that as well, obviously. You don't always yeah. have to wait till the end of the session. But after the session, I would suggest people, you should have a talk with your players about the home base because if the system you're using doesn't have a unified way of you handling home bases it's a good thing to talk about how you want to approach it mechanically and even if it does talk to your players about okay how do you even want to use this do you even want to use this home base or do you just use it as okay cool it's a place we return to but it isn't really anything important to us actually yeah. and everything is fine about that but it's just something you need to be clear about before making all of these adjustments because one of my players in that one game was very invested with this home base and made a lot of plans in session and at the end we talked about it they were very excited about how they could remodel this home base to give not only a cool flavor value basically to them so they have a cool house but also allows them to have a forge in the basement a wizard tower where they craft potions a garden where they forge ingredients and one other player went well okay I do not really enjoy that we play the sims now mm -hmm. and they were on both players were understanding of the other side i was understanding of the side and we found an agreement that why yes we will have the space building the base building planning will happen out of session mm -hmm. and it will just be said okay this character is now planning or buying the things for this session and obviously minor things still come up like um in session okay yeah my character goes buys a new door for his house and that's okay no one has a problem with that but the actual planning and remodeling of the map i made for it and where they were to place the garden and what they want grow on and everything that is handled off screen so the player that doesn't enjoy that sort of style or part of the game does not have to deal with it they are okay fine do whatever you want with this house and i might have my plans as well but i do not want this to take up session time that i cuffed out of my week to play a fun adventure with you guys so niels what can home bases achieve or help with especially for the player side that that's totally dependent on what sort of home base you got apart from the feeling at home feeling comfort side because that should be uniform in every home base because that's what makes it a home base but it could give something like a safe place where they can talk about different stuff without having to worry about the next table hearing what they are talking about or planning because they want it to be more of a personal thing it gives you a confined space where you can talk about everything without needing to think about um we might get hurt we might get overheard by someone who shouldn't hear this or something this could be a huge point if you want to craft an elaborate plan or overthrowing something or coming up with general schemes and plans in a public setting can be difficult sometimes but if you have your home base you don't have to worry about the public side anymore or at least not that uh, not to that degree there can still be some espionage and shit but it's not as common as in mm -hmm. public spaces because that's how rumors start a someone hears something and then just word travels fast yeah. it just is what it is i mean for example if your home base is a farm is a simple farmhouse basically with a lot of land around it what it can help achieve is well a feeling of calm and quiet is the best word for it really it can achieve a feeling of quietness having a place that is outside of all the bad things that are happening and just where you can relax in game right but just right as the as you said it's a home it's a place you feel safe but i think the best thing a home base can achieve for the players is 
is the central feeling of coming back to it. Yeah. Having a place where you frequent often or where you come to often can actually help a lot in building your character. Yeah, it's like when you go on a long vacation or in going on a long adventure and then having to look forward to coming home and seeing what has happened there or just spending some time and relaxing at the place you know best mm. can feel really good. Yeah. And it's something to look forward to. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right? As for all of us, when we have a home and come back home, it's a place we normally feel good. And that is true for the characters as well. But exactly. what it also achieves, biggest thing in my opinion, actually, is <laughs> the allowance of downtime activity. Oh, yeah. And oh, we yeah. talked with Matt from Roleplay Chat about downtime a lot. So go listen to that episode. But... Niels, we talked about downtime being a great way to build your character. And if your home base gives you a great way to have downtime as a player, a home base is a great way to build your character. Oh, yeah. Example being my players all having their own ideas of what to do with this house I gave them. A forge in the basement, a training room for the fighter and monk, garden and barn for the animals and all of that sort of stuff. Everyone had something where they can really live out their character with. And that is, uh, and a home base is a really good place that does that in a condensed way. So if you have a type of game where you want your players to build their characters, to gain a deeper understanding of their characters, to understand them not just how they are in the face of danger, but also how they are when they are not faced with danger, also known as downtime, then give them a home base. Oh, yeah. And see how they play their characters using the home base. Is the character gonna sleep a lot? That's okay. Is the player gonna, is, is the character gonna gonna do a lot of gardening that's cool is the player gonna spend a lot time shut in in their room because they don't want to talk to anyone of the party that's very cool because that allows a lot of role play then oh yeah you just if you have downtime in your own home base you just learn a lot about the other player characters and about your own character. Yeah. Because that's a point where you have the time to think about what my character would really do when there is no immediate danger. Mm. If there is immediate danger, obviously the first thing would be to fucking survive or at least save something. Mm. But if there is no such thing, how does my character spend leisure time? How do they release stress? Anything really. And you learn about that mostly during downtime. And yeah. the home base can just amplify that by a lot. Mm -hmm. Another point is, as we talked about, the mechanical values a home base can have for you. It can be a place where you get protected from something, from monsters out in the open. But it's also a place, as with a garden or a forge, where you can forge items or repair items, forge ingredients for spells. It's a place where you can do a lot of things that take time yeah. because your players feel comfortable because the characters feel comfortable taking that time yeah and i'm interested to see where my players take this because in this campaign i have two wizards both are proficient with alchemical supplies so they will probably bring in some sort of alchemical contraptions or al alchemical laboratories somewhere in this home and a wizard study tower mm. and this is something else they can do they can take their time to figure out new ways to use the ingredients maybe from their own garden yeah to craft new potions or take the time to work together to craft new spells and come up with new interesting shit they want to do mm. i'm just speaking for myself here but how cool is that 
It's fucking awesome. It's a game, but it still feels way cooler to craft the potions with your own foraged ingredients than buying the potions. Yeah. It feels way cooler because it's a feeling of agency really for me. It's a feeling of, hey, I made this. I made the thing that I had to buy earlier in the campaign. Crafting a healing potion is such a fucking cool moment for me actually because you achieve something that you haven't done before it's some sort of milestone i think it's less of the achieving something i haven't done it's more of the hey this is just fucking cool that i do this <laughs> yeah i usually enjoy playing wizards and spellcasters so i like to come up with new spell ideas and when i work with my dm to actually make this into a spell and cast it for the first time without the party knowing I have a new spell. This moment is just insane. Yeah. Like, for example, the spell Bigby's Hand or something. There is the name of the wizard who created this spell. If you just in a combat or in any sort of situation say, I would like to cast insert character name here, insert spell name here. And everybody just looks at you and yeah, and you are going like, yeah, I, I made that shit. It's mine. It's fucking overpowered probably. It, yeah, but it's awesome. What the hell? I mean, that's why we're here, right? To have awesome, incredible moments mm -hmm. to share with our friends and to feel powerful. Yeah, but right, home bases don't necessarily give you the feeling of powerful. Exactly. But they give you still the feeling of, the more I think about it, it's more about for me for agency with home bases every time. Because I often say it's up to your fucking players, up to their characters, what to do with the shit. You gave them, right, with how home bases are often awarded by DMs or GMs, is here, have this cool plot of land with a haunted house on it. Do whatever the fuck you want. And then your players do whatever the fuck they want and you realize that that's why you play TT RPGs because it's fun to let your players do something and you having to react to it or you having to pull with the punches or your players doing the same with what other players have done. It's fun to actually let the choices and ideas and creativity your players do matter and home bases are a perfect example of this. Yeah. Then one quick thing or probably not a quick thing. We talked about what home bases can achieve for the players but we are also two mostly DMs. So what can you use the home bases for as a DM? As a DM, well, we talked about a little bit all scattered around the episode. For example, Nils, you said it's a good place where you are private. Well, everything we talked about, how these home bases feel and whatever, you can play with that as a DM. Oh yeah. I know it's I, I know it sounds evil at first, but and, and no, it, it doesn't undermine the point I just made about the agency. Because if you have a villain in your game that your players are need to need to stop, the villain knows where that castle is that your players have, where they are scheming how to take down the evil wizard of course they're gonna send a spy or at least try to find out what the players are scheming and playing with that giving your players a place that they feel like home and then undermining that yeah creates a great story moment obviously i'm not saying you should do it every time just because you gave them a home base that's not the way to do this but if it feels like it would make sense and be fun then yes do it destroy it even if you want to enrage your players to do something to, to to find the one who did this i just have to intersect there real quick i just thought of a thing with the especially with a spy or a spying it's a great way to tell your players someone is on them yeah it's just a great way to give information to your players without actually telling your players 
outright. Mm -hmm. It just can imply a lot of things. But one thing about that is if you undermine the things that a home base normally does achieve to achieve something very cool for the game you're playing and for your players' enjoyment of the game, you need to first realize how your players feel about the home base. Because if your players are, okay, cool, yeah, we have a home now, but I don't give a fuck, really. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter to them. But if it's really a home to them, if it's really a place, right, that's why you need to have this talk with your players. How do you want to approach this home base? Because that alone also lets you know how you as a DM can play with that home base. And you need to know that before doing something. For example, I did, my players had a meeting at dinner with their employer about the Horde of the Dragon Queen. One of the coolest snuck into the upper floor and listened in on them and then mm. fled the scene. And my players were enraged that someone broke into their home. Oh yeah. They all failed the perception check to hear them coming in, which was very fun because they didn't know what they were rolling for. Unfortunately, mm. they all failed, but they had the chance and they didn't realize that someone was breaking into the house. They only knew when someone went away and they used everything they had in their pockets and books to find that person because they were enraged that their private home was more or less breached. Oh yeah. In general, home bases can be a great way to bind your players to something. Like, oh yeah, they, they, they can be used to bind your players to a specific location, either emotionally or physically. Because if they really think of it as a home, it is something different when they hear this town will be attacked. They will go after that with a different intent. Yeah, it goes back to the connection, right? If I said, for example, if their home base is more or less a little village or something, and they know the villagers in that town and hear that town is being attacked, oh yeah, they're gonna protect those villagers or their yeah. citizens. Yeah, it's something else when you hear a random town is in danger. Yeah, we could help that if we are on the way or mm -hmm. if we are close by or close enough to make a difference. But if you hear your own hometown is attacked, you pull out all the stuff. Yeah, 100%, right? But you said it right. You, you, it also binds them locally, not only emotionally. I really think a home base is a great way to localize your game. Oh, yeah. The first campaign I ever GM'd was a sci-fi campaign where my players were agents for a secret black side operation called Omega, the men in black, basically. They had a home base in Berlin. Easy peasy, we were like 14. I didn't have much storytelling at that storytelling experience at that point in time, but whatever. But so they had a home base and every adventure started in that home base, basically. It was easy. It was great to just let my players, hey, you always start here. You always eat the same food in the canteen. It made them localized. They then flew to every different place in the world, but it localized them in the sense of we live here. And yeah. now that I've more or less done it in my fantasy game is they live there and I want them to travel the world, but I also don't want them to travel the whole world. And I think you can actually see that very well with, I know, very hot topic, critical role, how they do it. Sure, the players travel sometimes between the continents he has yeah. in every campaign, but more or less they are always one continent mainly. And that is kind of binding them locally. Yeah. You have a whole world, but your players don't need to explore it in the campaign. You have can have several campaigns exploring the same world if you want to. No problem. And the thing about that is you bind them with the home base locally to a certain spot. Kind of, it becomes the central hub of how adventuring and how exploring and how gaming goes for your party. They will often be there and so they will probably move more often in a radius around that home base. For example, the home base in one of my games is in Waterdeep. So a lot of the game is in Waterdeep mm -hmm. because, well, it's close to home. It's home. And yeah, it's a great way to bind my players locally and not make them travel through 10 different forests every now and then, but binds yeah. them locally to a certain place where all of the adventures are happening. 
and all of the adventures that they need to have are happening. I don't need to send them around the globe every three days. Yeah, and it kind of gives you a rough idea of the setting it is going to be. If it's more or less a urban setting or if it's a wild setting or anything like this, mm -hmm. this doesn't mean you have to use this setting in every fucking session. It's just most of the time, this will be your main setting for some point or another. Mm -hmm. If you want, if you have a house in a city and you are going to get some information, usually this information gathering would take place near their home base in a huge city. So mm -hmm. you have an urban setting. Mm -hmm. But if you give them a home base like a farm or something like this there might be more traveling involved so there will be an, a different setting for gathering information it kind of gives guidance to where the setting sh should or at least could be most of the time it makes it just easier as well right oh yeah it oh, makes yeah. it easier to understand the setting you're in to understand the people that are in this setting to understand the problems this setting is dealing with because you have a lot more time to think about it because a lot of your time preparing sessions is gonna be in that setting like you said so yeah 100 so we talked a lot about how home bases feel and what they achieve and all of the superficial stuff but are there any rules or ideas on how to manage home bases nothing set in stone as usual mm -hmm. because it depends on what your players want to do with the home base how you should manage it if they don't want to use it if the if it's just yeah we own that place and we're done with it to bring in something that binds them more to that place like taxes mm -hmm. or something like this just wouldn't work and wouldn't feel good for everyone at the table because it's just a nuisance then mm -hmm. but if your players enjoy being there bringing in something like taxes you live here it's your place you belong here or getting them into some sort of council or something like this could also work or here you live in a, in a kingdom or in some sort of country where there is voting you live here now so you're eligible to vote here is your voting card go for it <laughs> yeah it depends on what your characters want to do with it and what type of home base you have for example a ship home base would have a different rule set than a house in a city yeah obviously right generally i would advise as I already said, make these rules with your players because that's the best way to find out what they want and what they don't want. There are great systems that have base building systems built in. There are great supplements for those that don't. But generally, I believe how to manage them is by going about it as real as possible. For example, my players had to rebuild their home base in Waterdeep because it was a rundown abandoned building. So I said, well, you have two resources you need to throw at this. It's time and money. And they could throw 500 gold coins at repairing the floors, walls and roofs of this place to make it at least a house, yeah. a functioning house. No decor or anything, nothing inside, just a house. And well, okay, they could have done that themselves. So the 500 is just the material cost. If that is realistic or something is completely irrelevant here. So they had 500 gold. And well, they obviously weren't the ones that wanted to do this thing, right? One player didn't want to spend their time doing base building. Also not the in-game time, really. Mm. So so they said, okay, we hire builders for us. Sure. And then they had at the end pay money and wait yeah. for the house to be done. The waiting isn't hard for adventurers because they can just go out adventuring, go on the next quest and wait that way. The money they can get from the quests. So it isn't hard. But time and money are the most important resources for this. So that's the basis of any system I have seen and you probably will see. And if you make your own, probably have to be there, I think. How much does it cost to do 
the thing. Yeah, th those two are the biggest resource, really, when it comes to this, or the most important ones. Because every raw material in usually every setting can be converted into some sort of monetary value. Yeah, it can all be reverted back to one of the two, really. Exactly. And so, yeah, those two will be always the foundation. And then on top of that, you can build with, for example, skill checks or tool checks if your players do the things themselves. Set appropriate DCs or whatever in other games, however the game works there, how many successes you need, or if you just need one success or whatever, roll some dice. I know yeah. this is not a good system as of its own because I didn't have the time to develop this one. But it doesn't have to be hard. doesn't have to be perfect. Time and money are your foundation and then rolling some dice. And normally that's all you need for TTRPGs and everyone is happy. Exactly. So, Nils. Yeah. We talked about that you can reward them to your players, obviously. Yeah. But there is still kind of the question of how can players get a home base? Like we already said, obviously, being rewarded a home base by some sort of entity. Being yeah. it a city council a mayor or something this is the basic thing that is the most common mm -hmm. i think for saving the city saving the town or 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 whatever but there's also the option to buy one they could just theoretically buy a house this is possible though not as common or for example with a haunted house they can clear it and then just claim it or with overrun ruin could be the same thing or an overrun castle or something they just hear of it clear it and say it's nobody's thing now it's ours we put in the work and time and effort to make it to get this back to civilization mm -hmm. now it's ours this could be something or yeah obviously like spells but this is the whole, whole thing of being an own home base already so getting one yeah you know mm -hmm. what i mean mm -hmm. yeah I, I agree basically at the end it's always the dm thinking that the players deserve one or the, your players just getting one through their actions exactly but obviously um one thing i can say to players is tell your dm that you want one and then you will get one probably yeah. most of the time the dms that enjoy playing with you will give Give you what you want because it's fun for us it's fun for dms to see our players have fun with the things we give them oh yeah and giving you a castle if you told me before hey i want a castle that would be this would be so cool i think yeah obviously we're gonna do it yeah we're all here to have fun and i'm having fun if you're having fun and there are some awesome things we can do with it so of course you're gonna get one i don't know when or how but yeah. in 99 of all the times you will get one then mm. yeah so Nils, yes. one last question Question. I think that's very easy to answer, but I just want you to hammer this point home for me. Are home bases necessary for a game? No, I don't think they are necessary. Because you can play a game without any home base or something. It could be a nomadic style, but I don't like that. Mm. For me personally, they are kind of, but not as set in stone or rules-wise, they are not necessary at all. But it just gives players options, it gives me options to do some things, have some awesome role-playing moments. So personally, for me and most of my groups, they are. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a difference between necessary and wanted. Exactly. And, and you guys want them, but they aren't necessary to enjoy the game. Exactly. Most of the time TTRPGs are not in designed to be a base building experience. Though if there are, and you enjoy that, all the power to you. I enjoy base building video games. I might enjoy TTRPGs as well. I haven't found one, so yeah. But most of the time, they are not necessary to the experience. And just because everyone on the internet or wherever is talking about their cool home base, don't feel bad because you don't have one, or because you don't think your players would handle one very well, or it wouldn't fit your game. I mean, 
mean, they are one of the most unnecessary, coolest things ever for the game. Oh, yeah. I think that that sums it up pretty good. Unnecessary, but awesome. Yeah. So, Niels. Yes. Please send us off for today. Alrighty. As usual, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DoubleDMPod. You can visit our website at www.doubledm.com and you can donate to us on Ko-Fi if you would like to. So with that, thank you for listening. Hear you on the next one and bye-bye. Bye-bye everyone.